Hello, everyone. I'm Don Shelby. This is Earth Intelligence News Brief number three from GeoVersive. This week, a Senate power-sharing deal was conducted between Senate Majority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer of New York and Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. The power-sharing deal allows the Democrats in the Senate to take chairs of all committees. For this news brief, we will focus on what Leader Schumer said from the Senate floor after the deal was reached. We will, as he did, focus on climate change. Joining me for analysis is GeoVersi founder Joe Robertson. In brief, this is what Schumer said, and quoting here, I have already instructed the incoming Democratic chairs of relevant committees to begin holding hearings on the climate crisis in preparation for enacting President Biden's Build Back Better agenda, which includes major climate legislation. He continues, It is long past time for the Senate to take a leading role in combating the existential threat of our time, climate. Schumer says he will prioritize green infrastructure and the creation of green jobs. He says, make no mistake, in several different ways, this Democratic majority will compel the Senate to forcefully, relentlessly, and urgently address climate change, beginning with the work in all of the relevant committees, ending quote. Joe, this is part of President Biden's all-government approach, and it appears the United States Senate is prepared to tackle climate change at long last. What's your take? Well, my take, Don, is if we go back to last week, Dr. Catherine Hayhoe explained why climate change is an everything problem affecting all humanitarian crises and issues that we face. And so the Biden administration taking an all-of-government approach means that every agency is going to examine how climate change affects the human issues under its jurisdiction, the way people experience extreme weather, the way they experience drought and other threats to their economic well-being, their health, wildfires, etc. The way the insurance industry has to prepare to respond to escalating costs from these disasters. All of those different aspects of the human experience of climate are going to be better understood by the agencies that make decisions about how best to serve the American people. What kind of legislation may we expect that will come out of the relevant committees? For the Senate to then go in that direction as well and say, we're going to take an all of Senate approach. Every committee is going to be looking at how its areas of, of responsibility affect our ability to respond to climate change. I think there are various ways that Congress can respond to climate change. Some of those have to do with strengthening standards, with supplying agencies with the funding that they need to do the science to better understand what's happening, but also to states and municipalities to try to transition to smarter, climate-resilient strategies for whatever they're trying to do. This isn't just about energy and how energy companies function. It's also about coastal resilience. It's about whether our infrastructure is prepared to deal with what's coming. It's about whether our agriculture is uh, sustainable and climate resilient. It's about whether are actually optimized for the world we're living in, in the 21st century. So to kind of summarize all all of those possibilities, I think we're going to see more funding for climate-related responses from government. We're going to see more incentives for climate-smart practices in energy, energy-efficient building, infrastructure, transport. We're also going to see regulations limiting the ability of extractive industries to allow pollution to leak into the environment. And we're we're going to see carbon pricing proposals, hopefully, if they're designed the right way, are going to not only combat climate change, but they're also going to make our economy more innovative and stronger.
GM just announced this week, in the future, it is going to just have all electric vehicles. The country seems to be ahead of Congress. Do you think this change in the power structure will change that? I do. I think that Congress is going to catch up. But it is true that outside of government, the private sector and people in communities, local governments are racing ahead and trying to make sure that they're on the right side of the climate struggle. And the reason for that is not just that it's something people care about uh, or that some people believe in or don't believe in. This is a reality. It's a very threatening reality. And uh, the people that are racing ahead are the ones that have figured out how they can build a better future. Now that we have a Congress that is fully ready to embrace uh, the need for intelligent, coordinated climate response, and we have an executive branch of government that's doing the same, that is going to really strengthen the United States' ability to build resilience and protect itself and its people against uh, future climate disaster. Two wild cards I want to talk with you about. One is Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, a big coal-producing region, and he is probably a swing vote in all of this. In order to make these cases about climate change, do they have to court? Does the Democratic caucus have to court Joe Manchin? Well, I think he's a very important uh, figure in the Senate. It's a 50-50 Senate. And for a number of reasons, uh, including the margin by which uh, the former president won in his state, um, Senator Manchin is somebody who the Democrats need in order to govern effectively. Courting him on climate in reference to the fact that there are a number of coal communities in West Virginia, I think it may not be the perfect way to represent that dynamic because the problem that those communities have more than any other is that they have been designed in many ways to have only one kind of economy. And the companies that have provided them with that design and that economy have limited them in in very significant ways. They've contributed to incredibly poor health in those communities. And those companies tend to just pick up and go away, leaving the people who live there with nothing. And so when you consider that that's the reality a lot of people are facing in coal communities, both active and retired the reality is that the people of West Virginia need to diversify the opportunity in those communities. And I think that whether it's Senator Manchin or whether it's senators from the other party who represent nearby states, there is a great opportunity in innovating for sustainable enterprise, building smart local economies that protect people against this kind of damage, whether it's local pollution or global pollution or climate disruption, life in those communities should get better and it should be more prosperous. And I think the Democrats would be wise to find ways to work with Senator Manchin to achieve those goals. I don't think that that necessarily means uh, protecting the coal industry or anything like that. The George C. Marshall Fund is not going to go away. The Koch brothers... The one remaining is not going to go away. The American Petroleum Institute is not going to go away. This is not going to be an easy lift for Democrats because 
uh, there are very big moneyed forces arrayed against them. It's not an easy lift, and those forces are powerful. But even just yesterday, there was discussion on the evening news about the the fact that the oil money that used to be there even a year ago, a lot of it is gone. And the industry is struggling to figure out what its future is going to look like. And when we consider that that is part of the dynamic we're emerging into, the context that those opponents of climate action are now operating in is where we're increasingly seeing courts in the United States and elsewhere recognize that there is no sacrosanct right to profit from pollution. There is, however, a right to live free from pollution. And those who cause harm to others or who take coordinated action to make sure that that harm happens to others so that they can profit from it, they will be held liable. So I think we're about to start seeing a different dynamic. You mentioned GM and their commitment to move to all electric vehicles by 2035. I think it's increasingly likely that the fossil fuel companies that survive in 2035 and 2040 will no longer be majority fossil fuel companies. The majority of their enterprise will be coming from something else. Joe Robertson has been joining us here on Earth Intelligence News Brief number three. Thank you very much for being with us. Push out your um, interest in this podcast on your social media, and we will have Robert Bryce coming up. Robert Bryce is one of the producers and writers of the movie Juice, and it will be talking about electricity poverty around the globe. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that coming up on Geoversive Earth Intelligence. I'm Don Shelby. Thank you very much for being with us.